Hey everybody, Brian McCovey here with Tech Money Talks. I tell you, I am really excited to share something really awesome with you. It's the 24 hour drop posting challenge. I tell you, I'm really excited, but you know what? Let me tell you where this is originating from because there are a lot of student success stories that are getting sales on their first day and it's happened multiple times this week. So it inspired me to do this and put together this challenge. It's a 24 hour drop posting challenge and let me read some of the testimonials here. So this is a shout out to Dominic. First of all, I wanna thank you for introducing me to this new money-making opportunity. I listened to your podcast and I just bought the drop listing course. I like that word drop listing as well. He said, I've gotten sales instantly. Thank you, exclamation mark. He said, I'm contacting you today and he had a question about fulfilling orders. And, uh, and like I said, you quickly go from like, man, I hope this works and I get sales to like, oh shoot, I got sales, now what? And that's what, that's what you're gonna experience. So then he, I answer his questions. I said, uh, did you get sales on your first day? And then he's like, yes, sir, first day. I listed five products. One product had two sales instantly and another one posted no more than 24 hours. I already had nine sales making a $15 profit each. So if you do the math, that's $135. So when I talk about $100 days, Boom, he's a pass on the first day. Shout out to Dominic. Now there's something new that just came out and dropped posting. It literally happened within the past couple of weeks and I'm really excited about it. And that's what inspired me to put together this 24 hour drop posting challenge. So it's a 24 hour drop posting challenge that you're gonna have spend live with me for two hours. We're gonna deep dive into it. I'm gonna teach the program. I'm actually gonna demo. We're gonna actually demo and drop post the product of the week that's actually getting sales and you're gonna do it with me. And we're gonna do it side by side because I'm gonna be helping some lucky volunteers live in the session as well. And then we'll finish off with some good Q&A and some real discussions as far as drop posting and what you should do taking the next step. The goal in the 24 hour challenge is that at the end of the 24 hours that you're at least getting some sales. So I'm gonna do my part to help motivate you, teach you, and give you everything that you need to get started. And you're gonna do your part by taking action, plugging in. I'm not sure how long I'll continue to do this. So if you found this opportunity, you wanna jump in on the next 24 hour drop posting challenge. everybody, Brian McCumber here with Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have a very special guest on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Brandon, and most of you know him as Yengub, as a special guest on the show. And if you don't know who he is, then you're in for a real treat because Brandon went from dropping out of college twice to building a multi-million dollar drop shipping business by the age of 21. Brandon produced over $10 million with his dropshipping business in his second year and is currently consistently doing million-dollar months. If you're interested in starting an online business to make extra money, you better save this episode in your back pocket and listen to it over and over again because the stories and the tips you're going to learn here will give you the opportunity to quickly launch your own business to help your wallet grow fat. Brandon has been absolutely killing it in e-commerce, and Brandon is also open to sharing the hard lessons he learned quickly to achieve success in drop shipping. Time is money, and everyone's looking to get a piece of his time, and I'm so happy to have him on the show today. Brandon, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? That was awesome. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. Yeah, really great stuff, man. I'm really glad that we had a chance to connect, and uh, 
I think your whole story and your whole journey is just like really awesome. And I would say, you know, for the audience, you know, maybe we could take a step back and you can share your journey, you know, how you got into drop shipping. Cool. So I've always been making money online since I was like 12 years old. I would be going on like how to make money forums. It'll be like these like low tech forums. They're, they always have these how to make money sections, right? Yeah. Almost every forum you go on, especially like when, when you're searching, just like when you're into games when you're younger, um, you, you somehow end up on these forums and somehow end up on the how to make money forums because who doesn't love to make money, right? It's like, yeah. we want to be asking our parents for like money all the time. It's like, no, right? Especially if like you're coming from a background like me where like your parents are immigrants. They came here knowing absolutely no English, but they somehow still made it, right? And I think about that. It's like, we're, we're really given, like, we're really blessed. And like, yeah, they, they made it without even knowing any English. They pretty much had nothing, right? It just shows you that you can literally make it with just like hard work. I just hate like leeching from them. So we start from there. I would actually sell courses online on these forums. And the way I would do it is I would buy these courses and then I would reverse engineer it and then I would rewrite it and I would sell them. And like the biggest selling point there is like the social proof and the, um, was it just having a reputation on the forum? So then yeah. I would have my friends give me testimonials at the time and then I would sell courses that way. Right. And at the time is like, it sounds unethical, but like at the time, like I'm a young boy and like love kids, kids don't know the ethic line. Right. Um, <laughs> so I made money that way. And then I've been doing that since all the way up to high school and university. I paid off my tuition, um, paid for like almost everything. Right. Wow. Just cause like, I, I didn't want to like leech money off my parents and I, I got bullied in junior high because someone made fun of me because I was wearing the same clothes all the time. So I was like, mm. I, I, I need to do something. Yeah. So is that what started the the motivation? Because I mean, yeah, at the age of 12 and to start thinking, have business minded and thinking about making money. So that that's pretty cool. So even with with what you started out in, it sounded like you were in selling like information products and, and digital products. And that's pretty cool. So I um, maybe describe that. Like, how did that give you that that marketing mindset, and and what was the thought process going on there? That's a good question, actually, because um, I feel like the biggest thing that separates like um, people that see success fast and people that don't is like your ability to like break things down and like do research and reverse engineer. A lot, a lot yeah. of people are like, when they see it, when they're getting taught something, and then the person shows examples, they're just learning the lessons, but instead. Let's say like an email marketer is showing me his case study and he's talking about it and he's giving me lessons. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take the lessons in, but I'm like, he just literally just showed me the results and where it's coming from. So I'm going to sign up for the email list. I'm just going to copy out his whole email flow. It's like, why would I need to reinvent my own? I can just copy his because he's already created it and it works. I'm just going to copy that. So that's basically what I did too on the forums when I'm selling info products. I just copy what, what's ever working. I break yeah. it down and I find the underlying like selling point, which is like the social proof and having reputation on the forum. And then people want to see the numbers and then you even break down the titles and the copywriting as well. Right. So even for drop shipping, you just want to work what's with what what's ever working. Right. Cause like, yeah. especially people are drop shipping, they're going into it. It's such a low barrier of entry. Um, not a lot of people go into it, have like marketing experience. So it's always just better to just like, I would just say copy or was yeah. it 
I would say even talk about that. So how did you make, how did you discover drop shipping and then make that transition? So going from where you were selling information products and now you were interested in drop shipping. I found that info, selling info products on forums, um, it was kind of getting a little scary because I was like, is this even legal? And it's like, how do I scale this? Right. I need something that I can scale and be legal at the same time. So then I was like, okay, I, I so before I dropped out, I sold like $10,000 worth of my courses. But then I was like, okay, if I sell any more, I'm going to start getting taxed and stuff. Right. And I don't know how that works. Then I see a lot of people get scared too. Right. When they start drop shipping out, they always get stuck in like, what about the legal problem? What I get sued? What about the taxes? What about the accounting? What about LLC? And like, don't worry about it. Just hop into it. But back on topic is like how I found dropshipping was I just saw it on like a forum post. I was like, what is this? Right. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I start, that's how, that's how it started. Then um, I bought the course. It was absolute scam. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily it wasn't, it wasn't too much. It was probably like only $50. Uh-huh. But it, it did set like the, it didn't make me aware. It made me aware of job shipping though. Then of course I'll go on YouTube and find free information. Cause for me, I like, I like finding free information before I buy something. I'm um, just cause there's like, Free information is everywhere though for free. Like yeah. When people say like you can find everything for free, you literally can, but some you can't find like on blog posts and like forums and stuff. You would have to like network with someone, right? And through that way, it's like pretty much free. And what so, what so, year was that 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 you started stumbling? 2017, 2018. Oh so wow! Yeah. Years ago is pretty recent. 2018, 2019 was when I dropped out. Then uh, pretty much went up from there. Yeah. Wow, man, that's awesome. And when discovering it, what did you do to kind of find out, you know, what was working? Was it, was there like a mentor you you found or discovered or was it kind of self-taught or, or a mixture? What was, what was that like? Actually, it was really hard at the start. I was like, it's really hard. And then for me, I, I did not have like a business mindset or like the mindset the, and I don't even know how I developed it. Like thinking back, I felt like really lonely and like really confused, especially if you're in a univer- you're a university student surround, surrounded by people who are just like that university lifestyle and they just want like a secure job and stuff. It's like, you're going to feel super discouraged and lonely and you're going to feel like almost resentment towards your friends and stuff. Um, that's what I felt too for a bit, but then I overcame it as I learned more about myself and just like life in general and how it works. But mm-hmm. when I started out, I actually had, um, I would join Facebook groups, right. To find like-minded people. Cause like with the internet nowadays, like you don't need to find like people in person to talk to you can talk, just talk to people online. So I would do that. Like almost every day I will read posts just to learn, go to discord servers. And then eventually I found, um, Connor Chapman, which you had on your, your show recently. Yeah. He, he, re, he helped me for free. He offered to help me for free, right? He was doing like 1K days at that time. And I was like doing zero, right? I was trying to find my first sale. He offered to help me for free. And I was like, this guy's going to change my life. This guy's doing 1K. I would, I would be telling my mom and my friends and stuff. I'd be like, this guy's <laughs> helping me for free. He's my mentor. Yeah. And then um, he helped me he clear up a lot of information because if you're just researching stuff on your own, there's a lot of information out there as everyone knows. It's like, Gurus here, gurus there, like Facebook strategies here, launch strategies there. You're testing one thing and then you watch another video and it tells you to do something else. And then you make the changes to your current strategy. 
it just like messes everything up and like it screws up your budget or like it makes you burn money in a way because you're not able to like fully test properly. So then Connor cleared that up for me and then eventually hit my first big winner month. Then I was like, this model works. And that was the same month I dropped out. I was like, okay, it's just a matter of time now, right? So you went all in. And yeah. so what was that like, you know, or uh, even paint that picture for the audience where like, okay, uh, you know, how many time, how many products did you have to go through to where you, you finally found something that was working for you? Um, there's a saying that is like, it only takes one product and that's literally what happened. And, and then when I asked like, how do, how do you know you have a winner? Right. And you just know, cause it literally, you literally <laughs> just see the money. Like when you hit it for the very first time, you feel like amazing, but it's also scary. And then, um, with YouTube and the information being passed around, you don't really know what to do once you do hit that. And like, that's why a lot of people in the industry, they, they hit like payment holds, they hit all these kinds of problems with Facebook too. And it's because um, not, not a lot of people are talking about the business aspects and how to like, what to do once you do have a winning product. And I ran into those problems like the month right after I had that yeah. big month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. I think people don't talk about that enough, which is like, you know, people, people looking to get started. They're just hoping, man, can I find something that's going to sell? Can I find that winner? And then all of a sudden when they do discover that they're like, Oh shoot. <laughs> now, now I got to, you know, all these other growing. So I was wondering if you could paint that picture, which is like the growing pains that, that you dealt with finding that first winner. And uh, what were some of those things? growth pains. There were a lot of things like, it's almost like super blurry. Just think back and I can't really like identify one thing, but with entrepreneurship in general too, it's basically life. You're basically getting life lessons and anything you do in entrepreneurship and business and sales is going to translate into your life as well. Mm -hmm. And almost your life, uh, your business is a reflection of your life skills as well. And your life is like a reflection of how like you treat business and at the start, so it's like so blurry. Just thinking back, but I think the biggest challenge was just knowing what to do, just figuring out how to, uh, I don't know. I think you'll have to get more specific because yeah. um, right now, well, when I talk like my challenges right now would be how do I sustain my business and what do I want to do moving forward? Cause dropshipping at this scale, the, the challenges are way more different than when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. And then it's been like quite a while, like two years. And when you are starting out, it's like a big blur. Cause you're spending like hella hours awake, just trying to make it work. You're like researching all this information. It's just like, yeah, like just pure brain fog. I, I don't, I don't know how yeah. to explain it. It's just like, if you know, you, you know. Yeah. Well, let's, let's even highlight a couple of things. Cause I think some of the common growing pains that dropshippers will go into is like, you know, they might have issues with, with payment processors. So did you have any challenges where, okay, you know, either your money was getting locked up and then could you fulfill orders in time? Yeah. Was there oh, anything like, like that? Definitely. definitely. Every job shipper is going to run to payment processors no matter what. And when you think <laughs> about it, it's like when you're trying to scale like an actual brand, it's like, can you scale it to like hundred K in a month? And it's like right off the bat is like, probably not. Right. And you think about like, why? Cause inventory, right. Inventory is one of the biggest things Then your customer service and you have to balance that out too and all that other stuff that goes into a brand. But like with dropshipping, you're neglecting all that, right? It's like, people say, it's like, oh, you don't need inventory, right? But like, where are your products coming from? They're coming from a warehouse, right? And there's only a limited amount of inventory, 
reality, right? So when people are scaling to 300K and stuff, they're sacrificing this and payment processors are going to see this. They're going to, you're going to get flagged, right? No matter what. So, <laughs> right. It's like, where, yeah. where's this inventory come from? It's like these, you need to produce it, right? And then a lot of times AliExpress suppliers will lie to you. They're basically just middlemen. Most of them are middlemen. Yeah. It's basically just drop shipping, except Chinese version on AliExpress. I would say now even fast forward to today, like, did you maybe even describe what was that transition like, you know, as you started finding success and then now this year where we're talking about, you know, stuff with COVID, you know, we kind of went from like the Chinese new year and then COVID started hitting. So uh, what were some of those challenges and what did you have to do to, to overcome? Um, the biggest challenges scaling this year would be fulfillment and logistics and uh, payment processing. And then um, customer service becomes one of the biggest things uh, afterwards. So then the way you're going to figure out payment processing is you're either going to have to just really nail down at the root of the problem, which is your actual business and like fulfillment and customer service, or you're going to have to find a high risk merchant. But then in the end, if your business is really crap, it, it's not going to last that long. anyways. even if you have a high risk merchant. So you really like people talk about like, how do I fix my, um, customer feedback score and like, do I send emails and stuff? I'm like, no, just look at your business as a whole, like fix the root problem. Like yeah. they've already had a big month and they have like 30 K saved up. Why not just put it back into the business? And that's like hard for some people because they have expenses and taxes and stuff. And taxes is like a huge thing that people will deal with once you do start scaling up high and it's going to take like a big cut. Yeah. And you touched on a really good point, which is like the the feedback score and in Facebook, because if if you're not providing the quality service or, you know, following up to make sure products are being delivered, the customer feedback score that Facebook will begin to survey and, and rate your customers, like it, it can impact your, your ads account. So there's been a lot of common problems where people are getting their Facebook ads account canceled. And if they only got one, it can totally, you know, you know, kill their business right there. Were there any, uh, any lessons learned that you figured out along the way? You know, I think the most obvious one being like, you know, you know, run a good quality business, but I mean, right. what did you have to, what did you learn, you know, getting to that point? A lot of people I see when they run into those problems, they, they start trying to buy business managers and ad accounts and stuff like that. But for me, I haven't, <laughs> I've been fortunate enough not to run to that. Um, I'll just tell you guys how I structure my stuff then. I was running through a lot of problems like that until I found a business partner. And th this guy is like amazing. Aaron is my business partner. So he holds a business manager on his account and he would invite my profiles um, into the business manager every time as like an ad account manager. And we've been just doing that. I would create the pages and then if it comes really low, uh, if the customer feedback score dips really low, I'll just remove it from the, the business manager. And then um, I'll just ass assign my VA as the page owner in case I need to like look at it again for something. Mm -hmm. But even with profile bands, his account would never get touched. And then we'll just keep doing this. And then we would have like business manager bands. It would always get appealed, luckily. That's good. Uh, and most, most of the time, if you're running a low quality business manager and you're doing something wrong, yeah, they're, they're going to know. They're going to know. There's going to be a human that reveals it. And it's getting pretty obvious now what yeah. a dropship story is. Um, yeah. You, there's like no way to like escape it. You just have to fix your business. Like, especially if you're at scale and 
like doing seven figures per month, they have a shitty business. There's like no way you're going to survive at all, or there's no way you're even going to be able to do seven figures. Yeah, I agree. I'd say priority number one, you know, make, make sure you're running a, a quality business, you know, drop shipping like any other industry, you know, it's a business and you want to serve your customers so you can have a long-term business, not just like a one and done type of model. And, and I think, you know, those kind of Facebook challenges are kind of like warnings and red flags. That means to clear things up, but I think it's cool what you just described there. I say for the audience, it's a part that you want to re-listen to because it's basically a way to structure your business manager account. So at least that because sometimes Facebook will just make decisions out of the blue, it seems like. And then you have to go through the, you know, review process and it takes some time. And then at the end of the day, you know, they may have paused or closed things, you know, for no reason. It's just because they're just, uh, they just seem to be randomly doing things like that. So having a proper structure so that, so that you could still operate and function with a proper business manager structure. That's really awesome. And there's like a lot of ways that people do it, but this has been like the one thing that works for me. And I'm, I'm not really sure why it works, but I've been just doing it this way this whole time. And even with a profile band, it's been absolutely fine. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, and that's another great thing too, which is like, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes give up on like the first, you know, if, if their account is banned or the first, maybe if they even submit an ad and then they just kind of like give up at that point, like, uh, you know, how, how many times do you request like a review process and appeal and stuff like that? All the time. Even if they decline it, <laughs> I'm going to go into the support <laughs> inbox and I'm going to open the ticket back up again yeah. and say, Hey, I've read the blueprint and stuff. Like just never give up. There's always a way. Yeah. Yeah. It does come yeah. down to buying business managers and stuff. At least you're making some sort of money. Except if you know you're gonna be running to these problems all the time. Yeah. Save up the money you make afterwards and actually invest into like a real brand. Cause it it doesn't take that much to um invest into a real brand or start and launch one. It's just like the product selection and like creating the creatives and stuff. Like after like the first year of building cash flow and building that cash up, put it back to the business the second year and it multiplies, right? And then it just comes down to your marketing skills and how you build the business. Cause yeah, that does yeah, matter. I think that was really awesome. So, uh, and I was catching that, that I think now it sounds like you're shifting into some private labeling and for the audience, hopefully you can kind of picture this as kind of like stepping stones where, where it's like, okay, you know, you found a winner and it's making you some good money. And now you, you know, started to strengthen the relationship with the supplier. And now you're taking the next step, which is even private labeling, because you sort of proved out and, and now have a predictable, you know, pattern of selling this particular product. I was wondering if you can talk about that as you're going into private labeling. Sure. I'll, I'll tell you um, why I'm shifting to it and what I've seen throughout like the past year too. When we're doing traditional dropshipping at this scale, and even when I talk to other people in the industry that are doing these numbers and some of these people you know, it's doing these numbers are almost unethical for like the customers and just as like a business, like building a proper business. Because like I mentioned earlier, um, you're neglecting these other factors, right? Especially when it's dropshipping and you're doing numbers really fast. It's not supposed to work that way right? You need inventory, <laughs> you need to build a customer service and stuff. And like, I, I've learned this all the hard way. 
because I've had like backlog of 5,000 like customer service emails coming in every day, but I hire like 30 employees just to solve them every day. And I would run into payment processing issues and all that stuff. <coughs> but at scale, it's like a really almost a dirty business. And then that's why you see a lot of people trying to exit, right? When they do get to these numbers, they try, they want to get into like private labeling and brand just because now we're at the scale, we've built a business this high. We're like, we need to look at the long, long bigger picture and like the longer play. It's like drop shipping just doesn't make sense for that. It's like, where are we going to reinvest our money, right? Are we going to reinvest into drop shipping? It's like, that doesn't make sense. It's like a short-term play. It's like, we need to reinvest into like a private label brand even if it doesn't make like a million in the first year, at least like over like five years, we might make like 5 million instead of like trying to make a million in one year. Right. And we just got to play the longer game. So like, even now when I'm teaching my, my friend, my close friends, how to drop ship, if they find a product, I would tell them private label instantly create like their own creative instantly. Cause it's not that hard to do. Right. People know what they have to do. Generally, they just don't, they just lose sight of it most of the time. And even on my consulting calls, when I talk to people, they know what they have to do. They just need like someone that's been there and done it to just clarify it for them. Cause like, like, again, there's like so much information out there and then they're learning so much things at the same time that it's confusing. And then like with dropshipping at its root, like traditional way that people teach on YouTube, it's, it's really shitty. It's like a shitty business to be honest. It's, like, it's almost <laughs> kind of shady too, but then like you gotta do what you gotta do to build the money. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's arbitrage, right? I think at the end of the day is like, if you can at least provide that, you know, quality service, right? Because I mean, there, there, there's, you know, retail arbitrage has been around for the longest time, and you know, I would see some of the same drop shipping products, and and you see it on the shelves of of Walmart or Walgreens, right, yeah. and they're selling it, you know, you know, and I'm just thinking, like, I remember even one of the most popular ones was like that charcoal teeth whitener i oh, seen yeah, it on the true. shelf of uh like walgreens and they're selling them for 20 bucks and i'm like man that same you know little can is like less than a dollar that you can find but you know the markup that's in there so it's like when you think about it, it's like okay well you know they have that large you know markup and uh, and it's just ha- it's just happening in, in the nature of business hopefully that you know it's just that customer service to back right. it right because if they're if they're you know wanting the ability to to email or call or message to to find out you know either hey where's my product or or hey I need a replacement or a refund that there's at least someone responding in a timely manner and maybe even talk about that so like what did you do to kind of start building you know your team to start providing that customer service right and there's like right ways to do drop shipping at scale it's like first thing you have to tackle first is the product choice. You need to provide a good quality product or else even if you're seeing good margins on it, once the chargebacks come in and the refunds, and then you're going to get hit with the taxes and the fees, mm-hmm. you're not going to have that much left, right? So having a good product is one of the most important things. Your product is good. Shipping 14 day shipping time won't, won't be a big deal, right? And then you'll just have to nail down your customer service and stuff. Yeah. But most of the time, a lot of people lack the follow-up. People just kind of like the trust factor. For me, I found out that if you're transparent on your shipping times and everything, you'll be like absolutely fine. But if something doesn't check out, 
And then customer, customers will know, right? They read this stuff. If you're not transparent enough, it's going to bite you in the butt later on. Because like a lot of people do use like deceptive marketing tactics. And it's nice to know what they are too. So you do understand like what makes a person buy. And then you can reverse engineer that. Like um, product selection, having good customer service, like you said, it is definitely worth it. And they're not that much too. Yeah. I think you pretty much covered it. Like customer service and then fulfillment, being transparent. And uh, having an easy way to be for your customers to contact you and having like clear, easy guidelines for refunds in terms of service and everything. And like payment processors will look at this stuff as well, like Facebook as well. And especially nowadays, Google has been cracking down on it hard time, uh, sorry, big time. Wow. And when you started like hiring staff, what, what was some of the places that you reached out to for, for hiring a VA? Oh, uh, so my business partner does most of the hiring. But um, we hire on online PH for our um, VAs in the Philippines. And then um, we had two main VAs and then we eventually trained them to be full-time managers now. So they overlook everything and then we tell them what to do and they'll do like the hiring and stuff now as well. So we would just ask them if they knew anyone in their family that would do VA work and we would just train them. So now we're like taking care of like actual families. We're taking care of like literally two families right now, like, they're like yeah. brothers-in-laws and stuff, which is like pretty amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. You would just hire like a few and then we'll just work out referrals. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We'll be sure to leave a link uh, in the show notes there because, uh, yeah, I think that's been a pretty reliable source to find quality people and, um, and you know, they appreciate it as well for sure. And, you know, one of the things that that came to mind was, you know, during this whole year, which is, you know, it's been a crazy year, but also, you know, a pretty powerful one for e-commerce because it kind of shifted, you know, buying habits like mainstream. Now more people are buying online and things like that. But there's a lot of people that, you know, had a job before, but now that they were laid off and now they're interested in starting an online business. So say for the newbie that's looking to get started, I usually ask this question uh, to everyone. So imagine that you had a couple thousand dollars to your name. And in these current times, if you were knowing what you know right now, and if you had to start all over again, what would you do over the next 30 days that would actually make money and explain why? What I would do if I only had thousand dollars to my name, knowing yeah, what I know right thousand. now. <laughs> thousand. Okay. I, I'm just going to say it with no filter. I would probably do rapid product tests with using the knowledge I know about deceptive marketing just to get that money in. Right. Cause I, I feel like I would be desperate at like 2000. So I'm pretty much going to do anything for it, but yeah, I think that that's what I would do. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it would be in the drop shipping and, you know, getting in their product test rapid. Yeah. yeah. Rapid drop, drop, drop shipping is just a numbers game. Like there's a lot of information out there and stuff like the Facebook ad strategy. But if you understand that it's just a numbers game, and it's a product finding game, mm-hmm. then uh, you're fine. Like any strategy that you use will work. Like no matter what you use will work. Like I see people saying worldwide, U.S. auto placements, feeds. It does not matter if you have a winning product and a winning creative, especially when it, I'm talking specifically dropshipping. This is like what dropshipping is, is just find that product and then scaling it. 
that's that's what it is and that's what you just got to do to also find like consistent months is just doing that work and not getting like complacent with one winner because like for us we have like seven like we're doing like big months but we never stop testing and then um if you're having a hard time testing and finding products hire hire people to, to help you do that then but then um make sure you also have the quality while you're doing like volume or else you're gonna see like your success rate go down and you're gonna start burning money which was uh, my mistake mm, yeah good point and i'm glad that you that you touched on the importance of of testing and is that something that that you still continue to focus on today or do you outsource that or what do you do there? um we we i do some testing but we mainly outsource it originally um we were teaching our vas how to uh we we're doing volume with like the product testing but then uh, i figured that we were getting like really low success rate with it so then i was like trying to figure out what was the problem with that and it was just making sure you have like a really solid product research method and then um and like a solid way of testing creative the, the hardest part about testing is the creative part the product selection is like easy there's like tons of winning products out there it's just how do you create like a creative for it and like how do you know if it converts and stuff so that's like the hard part so we would have a video editor that we have a sorry we have a spreadsheet that our vas fill the, the list with then we have video editors create videos for it and then we wouldn't be putting too much effort into like the product the landing page too much or like the, we're not putting that much effort into it right because it's like volume right we're sacrificing the quality because it's not like before where like you're on your own you're doing it one by one you're like creating the videos yourself yeah what are your thoughts on some of the, the video services that are that are offered now i honestly don't like them because um <laughs> they're stitching videos together and um you risk your ad account getting banned and i don't think they care about too much about your success and i i, I don't know their knowledge about direct marketing like direct response marketing so i just rather just do it myself because mm -hmm. they're pretty much just using vas as well like yeah i i don't know like how they're doing it. I, I would use them to like do quick tests to see like if the product's working like right off the bat because if it is working with like a creative made by them if a high quality creative comes in it's like it's going to work for sure yeah and uh so i mean that's a really good point which is like you know what do you feel about you know the skill set that like the marketing skill set and the and you know thinking about the video ad and stuff like that how important is that to have as it's a business owner? very important and at the start i would recommend using these agencies just because like if you're starting out you got no like experience in how to create videos you don't know what converts um it's better off just outsourcing it to someone that does know but i would recommend that you do learn how and you learn the skills for it yeah yeah no i'm glad that you mentioned that because uh i agree the same way i mean a lot of the skill sets that you learn, you know, through building a drop shipping business, I mean, it can be applied to so many business, other type of businesses, and even other areas of life. It's an important skill set. So it's just like, even as you're testing, you're building, you're learning, and maybe, you know, outsource or use third party services to do things quickly. But hopefully, you know, the audience is that you're still, you know, making a point to, you know, learn and at least have some good knowledge and understanding of this, 
stuff because I think it's a very powerful skill set to have for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that. It has me curious, like what, like as you're testing and launching new things, are, are you using more like a general store approach or niche store or like a single product store? I'm using a general store uh, most of the time for testing because like, again, it's just a numbers game. I would test using general store just because like it's easier to list products and stuff. And then when I'm testing, I'm looking for like the top of the funnel metrics. And then if it's good, I'll start optimizing. I'll start going in and writing my own descriptions and create my own creatives for it. And then I'll push out to a niche store. And the reason for that is just to increase conversion rates because I'm going to do whatever it takes to like just sell to the customer, right? I want to hit on every points. Even I'll even upload to like YouTube, Pinterest and everything because people are going to search on YouTube and they're going to search in other like, Every customer has like a different journey before buying, right? That's why you have your Google ads retargeting, um, Pinterest retargeting, YouTube retargeting, because the average conversion rate is only 2%, right? And then where are the other like 98% of people doing, right? They're on a different journey. So you just need to put like a little more effort in once you do find that winning product. I see a lot of people lack in this area. Wow. Wow. That's a really great point for sure. And and even talk about that because I think, and hopefully the audience is catching that. So what Brandon is, you know, describing, he can quickly test on a general store. And then when he identifies a product that has good potential, he now moves it up the rankings into one of the niche stores, whatever niche it falls within. And then now that it's within there, you make the extra effort to, to, you know, better the description, look, feel, and maybe even the creatives. And as you're plugging it into your niche store, you know, at that point, you sort of already have a, like a seasoned pixel and, and a good audience there related to that niche that this now new product that falls into that space. So does that, did you, do you see it, you know, from your general store to your niche store that you can see that it begins to perform a little better? Yeah. And it's also in business, it's good for the business too. Cause if you're just doing a general store, there's no way you're con- going to convert into a brand, right? You want to change to a niche store and try to like move fast. And with the niche store, people are going to go on your homepage and look at your shipping policies and all that stuff. So it does help with conversion rates, even if it's like 0.5% at like, uh, let, let's say like at a million dollars revenue, 0.5 is a lot extra, right? So it's just important just to move to like a niche store or one product store. So you have the ability to like turn it into like an actual branded business rather than just like a general store. Like it just depends on your goal, whether you want to drop ship for like, you want to focus on drop shipping or you want to focus on like branding and stuff. Yeah. Like if you're just going to focus on drop shipping, even then, if you're focusing on drop shipping, I would recommend pushing to a niche store because you want to solidify it and um, you want to be able to protect your business too, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're going to get custom content stuff to sustain this drop shipping business. Oh, Definitely. And uh, one of the things that came to mind, which was like uh, in finding the products that you want to test, what, what's been kind of like your technique or what's been your approach to start finding new products to, to test? There's not one way that I do find products. It almost comes up randomly. I've been using a, um, you know, there's all these ads buy tools that find like products for dropshippers. It's like, why not use like the same tools that the AliExpress vendors are using for it, right? Cause we're pretty much just grabbing products from them. Like if we go to like the root of 
um, where these guys are finding it instead of like um, these ad spies designed for dropshippers because we're just at the, the top, right? We want to get down to like the root of where they're finding these actual products. So I would be using tools like Seller Pulse or like find tools that like the vendors are actually using. And, and sometimes they might be in Chinese. So yeah. So even describe for the audience what Seller Pulse is. Um, Seller Pulse is, is basically a product research tool except for AliExpress vendors. So they're the ones using it. Awesome. Rather yeah. than like our wholesalers and stuff. Yeah, I've been using Seller Pulse, but I didn't know I didn't know the history behind it, and I didn't know that it was primarily for for the AliExpress uh, vendors. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why it works really well. I actually have a PDF for it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll be sure to leave a link in the in the show notes. There, it's it's definitely a good tip and and definitely a good source for sure. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing the the history behind that. I didn't. I knew that it originated over there, but I didn't know like what was what was the history behind it. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is great stuff, man. So you know what? It has me curious. So now, as you're kind of running your business, you know what is a what does a day in your life look like as you're uh, running your business? I know most of it's automated, and we're just focusing on trying to train and like get our um, team to specialize down in one thing. So mm-hmm. my business partner we want him to stop like focusing on the marketing too much and just focus down on logistics and fulfillment and stuff. And then I will handle the marketing and then um, just like email marketing and all that stuff. And then also brought on a, a media buyer the a few months ago. So he's focusing on that end, but overall it's been pretty much automated as That's a way. Awesome. Like once you do automate it, you might get a little complacent and a little lazy, but for this, I'll spend like 16 hours awake studying I would have set days in the week where I do study because um, you you're going to have to treat it and you're going to have to pay your dues and put in your 10,000 hours, right? Mm-hmm. So I will have days during the week where I do just purely study. I just purely take in content that I enjoy learning about. And then I'll have days where I do just work. And then I have days where I do follow up my VAs to make sure I'm auditing their customer service stuff. And then eventually you want to get to the point where you're like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to hire a manager to audit the stuff. And then you need to hire another person to audit the managers to make sure they're doing their jobs. And then um, it basically just, just like the natural business development, whatever a business would do, right? Yeah. Like a corporation. Yeah. As a recent though, um, I would see, I was talking to my friend the other, other week about how I was watching this video about like a 500K entrepreneur day in the lifestyle. He would wake up like 5 a.m. do like all this shower, cold showers, like meditating and all that stuff. And I was like, I don't do any of this and like I'm generating like millions. I was like, <laughs> it's just about like, and then it comes down to like the 80, 20, right? You want to be just focusing on the things that like bring you the highest like return. And then like these people are doing this stuff. Like I'm sure it does help, right? It's like, it clears your mind. It allows you like think like more clearly and stuff, but it's mainly just taking action. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad that you touched on that. And I'm glad that you touched on it in uh, like the education piece that uh, has me curious about like, what are you, what are the things that you're doing to keep yourself on the edge? I'm in a lot of discord servers about e-com and the Facebook groups and even Slack channels. I like don't talk a lot in them, but I, I do read everything. And then I will, if I do talk, I would reach out to the person that messages and I would message them one-on-one. I watch a lot of conferences, case studies, and then I read a lot of like blog posts 
of that are made from agencies. Mm. Then um, a big thing too is um, interviewing people. If you interview people for hiring and you ask them the right questions, they they will teach you and give you like the nuggets, because um, they want to demonstrate that they know their stuff, and that's important too. So don't be afraid to ask like hard questions, because um, you're gonna test their ability and you're gonna learn at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah, really good stuff there for sure, and uh, and I like the point that you touched on earlier and hopefully the audience caught that which is like you know you describe the difference of you know working on your business instead of working in your business and uh, you know for a lot of people when you're just getting started you know you're working in your business and you're wearing the hats of a lot of different roles and I think what you're describing now uh, like you you mentioned as as automating it you know, now you're transitioning to where, okay, you're working on your business because you, you you laid out the framework and systematized things so that you now have people filling those roles and, and now you're looking, you know, to, to operate and see how this thing could, could scale out even further. Right. That's awesome. You just want to focus on that. You just want to focus on the business development and then the money will come to, to match it. That's great. That's great stuff for sure. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I was curious about, because I remember you mentioned that, that you had some students or you were coaching people one-on-one, is uh, are you still uh, taking on people there if, if people were interested? I don't do mentorship one-on-ones paid. I do it just out of like the kindness of my heart. <laughs> if I see potential in them, right? And actually I was mentoring this, um, our, our current media buyer one-on-one but I just brought him on as a, our team because I was like, I'm mentoring a one-on-one, right? It's like, might as well bring him on my team um, and scale that way because that's like my goal, right? Yeah. Um, I do do one a lot. I've been doing like one-on-one consulting calls and like allow people to follow up and like I enjoy that stuff, but not any kind of mentorships at all just because like it takes like a lot of time and it's mostly a mindset thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. So if people were interested in in trying to get a call with you, they could they could schedule something there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what's the best way for people to follow you? Uh they would just follow me at Yangub on Instagram. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll be sure to leave links in the show notes there on that. And one of the things, so I thought that was pretty cool. It seems like like with the Discord groups, you know, that that's been like a common trend that's been taken off. Right. I would say over the past couple of years and uh, like what, what are some of the, the popular discord groups that you would recommend for the audience to, to try to plug um, into? There's not that much good ones. Um, like all the good ones you, you are all super selective and you yeah. have to like <laughs> get into it by networking and referrals. Yeah. Um, but one, one that's good is um, a survey by, by once. Um, you would just have to reach out to him on Instagram, like O N C E. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he invited me to his Discord server when I started out, and it, it was super helpful. There's always helpful people on there, and they actually give like real value. And there's actually like expert media buyers, and I actually learned how to develop my business through a, a guy on there that was already doing seven figures. So I would network with him. He would teach me like a lot of things that I know now. Cool, awesome, yeah. Yeah, and I think he was planning. We're trying to coordinate schedules. I think he was planning to uh, to come on as a guest on the podcast as well. Oh, cool! That's cool, Dave, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool, cool. 
so yeah we're still trying to coordinate schedules there but that that's good to know so yeah we'll be sure to to leave a link in the show notes for that man this is really awesome stuff man i think you dropped a lot of value here today and you know really diving into some of the realities uh that you're going through and it's amazing what what you accomplished up up to this point i see you got a big future ahead of you for sure man it actually reminds me is it cool to you know have you back on the show maybe we'll follow up with you six months down the road sure yeah sorry if like it's hard to get like everything condensed into like one podcast like probably have to go like for like four to five hours like developing (laughs) the thoughts out it's like um, thoughts just don't like there's gonna be thoughts like popping up afterwards yeah 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 that'd be great man for sure yeah i know you know this whole topic you know especially being genuinely interested and it's just like uh you know we could talk for hours on on these things and there's there's so many you know each area can go so deep in, into yeah, there yeah. uh which is awesome but i i think i think people get a lot of value you know out of what you accomplished sharing your story and and everything that you've done but uh yeah it'll be cool to to have you back on the show well before uh we wrap things up i want to give you a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience so i'll let you take it away all right my biggest nugget that I can give to you guys, and it's going to be the cheese, a cheesiest thing, but from everyone I've talked to through like my consulting calls the past couple of weeks, the main things have been their mindset and their approach to dropshipping and understanding it. Dropshipping is just a numbers game and you're just finding products and then you're scaling it, right? So if you understand that, you're going to be saving way more money. You're not going to be burning it on like one product and getting emotional, right? And then the second thing would be, People know what they have to do, but they just don't take action. So if you know you have to develop your business more properly, you know you have to have good shipping times, take the action to do the research too. The same way you learn dropshipping, you're going to have to do the same way to learn how to get better shipping times and the hacks and stuff that goes into it. Even for customer service, there's certain hacks that you can do. You're just going to have to do it and you're just going to have to sign up to like email lists. You might gonna have you might have to go buy uh, products from like a store just to learn what they do on their back end, right? You're just going to have to reverse engineer. Just to summarize it is like the mindset and then understanding what dropshipping is. If that's your goal is to make um, money with dropshipping. Really great stuff, Brandon. Man, that was awesome stuff, man. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tech Money Talks podcast. It's officially sponsored by Spotify and Anchor FM. Be on the fast track to starting your own business. You can work with me personally. It's my dropship funnels done for you service. I work with you one-on-one to build your own store and get your very own sales fast in dropshipping. You can go to dropshipfunnels.com to find out more information.